Hello, I'm Nick White. I'm the knowledge lawyer for the pensions team here at Travis Smith. Welcome to our podcast summary of the latest issue of what's happening in pensions or WIP. This is our regular update on pensions legal developments. This time I'm joined by pensions partner Susie Dakin to give you a brief outline of some key developments in the last month or so. There's much more detail in the briefing itself. You can find it on our website if you're not already there. Just Google Travis Smith Pensions. It's that time of year when the Pension Protection Fund tells us what it proposes for next year's PPF levy. The PPF is now very well funded and doesn't currently need any more money from levies. But the way the legislation is worded, they have to charge one and they can only increase it year on year by a maximum 25%, which means that a material reduction could be permanent. So they're proposing an overall levy collection estimate of £100 million for 2024-25, half of the current year's estimate. That means levy reductions for most schemes. And we have our first fine by TPR for a failure to publish TCFD reports. The ExxonMobil scheme prepared a TCFD report and gave it to their administrators to publish on a public website. But unfortunately, something went wrong with the spelling of the URL address, which means the regulator couldn't find it when it looked. There's a mandatory fine for failure to publish, so the regulator imposed one. This was £5,000, so above the minimum of £2,500. But TPR does warn us that it intends to name any other schemes that breach this requirement. And staying with climate matters, a blog post from the pensions regulator expresses concern at some trustees' climate reports. It says that the regulator has found some of these to include unrealistic assessments, particularly of the implications of global temperature increases of 4%. Trustees are urged to include explanatory text about the analysis they've carried out and how they expect it to develop. Where a report has already been finalised, the regulator says that the trustees might consider recording additional comments in board minutes and making these available to members. The price inflation figures for the year to September have been announced and they're high again, although not as high as last year. The CPI figure, which feeds into statutory indexation and revaluation, is 6.7%. And the RPI figure, which some schemes are required to use by their rules, is 8.9%. The September CPI figure is also the one which feeds into the state pension triple lock, but earnings inflation is currently higher than CPI, so an increase to state pensions of around 8.5% is expected, unless, as has been reported, the Chancellor seeks to give a smaller increase, but that would require Parliament's agreement to change the law. Back to levies, and there's a consultation on proposals for increasing the general pension schemes levy. That's the one that funds work by the pensions regulator, the pensions ombudsman and the money and pensions service. The government's preferred option includes not only a a general 4% increase, but also from 2026, a flat rate £10,000 additional levy on schemes with fewer than 10,000 members. This would up the ante on scheme consolidation. And on two dashboards. And the PDP, the Pensions Dashboards Programme, has published some answers to a few common questions. As you know, schemes and providers are waiting to see the expected government guidance, which will tell them when they are expected to connect. The PDP's answers confirm that there will be staging along the same lines as the original scrapped deadlines. 
but we don't expect the guidance for at least a few months. And before then, there will be consultation with the industry and regulators. The most technical item in this issue of WIP concerns restatements of retained EU law. I'll spare you the detail for now, but what we have here are two sets of draft regulations for approval by Parliament to ensure that the status quo is maintained for aspects of our law that came from cases on points of European law. Without these regulations, that case law would be lost after the end of 2023. Cases are Hampshire, Hughes, Walker and Allenby. And those concern, respectively, minimum PPF compensation and the compensation cap, equal pensions for same-sex spouses and comparators for GMP equalisation claims. Things now seem to be getting moving on the expansion of the automatic enrolment requirements. The bill giving powers to do this has now been passed by Parliament and a consultation on the proposals should appear shortly. We're expecting the proposals to include extending automatic enrolment to those aged 18 and over, currently the minimum age is 22, and removing the lower threshold of the qualifying earnings band, which means contributions would be payable from the first penny of a worker's pay. Phasing in is an option here. Uh, the BBC is appealing the High Court decision that went against it on the scope of its scheme amendment power. You may recall that this provision protects the interests of active members. BBC was hopeful that that term only referred to accrued rights and not also future service benefits, but the High Court ruled otherwise. And in other news, uh, the pensions regulator has updated its DC in communicating and reporting guidance to help trustees to comply with the recent regulations on disclosing their policy on illiquid investments, their asset class percentages, and the performance-based fees they've paid. All of that relates just to default arrangements. We also have updated guidance from the regulator on regulated apportionment arrangements. An industry group set up by the government is consulting on a guide for trustees about how they can, in many cases, do more to incorporate social factors into their investment and stewardship decisions. We have a decision from the Ombudsman who has dismissed a member's complaint about how surplus was distributed back to the employer when its segregated section was wound up, notwithstanding that the trustee had a discretion to augment benefits. There were, of course, very scheme-specific facts, and this case will really only take on importance if it's further appealed. The regulator has launched a new campaign urging trustees and the rest of the pensions industry to do more to increase the reporting of scams. And the PLSA has updated its recommended charges for schemes dealing with pension sharing on divorce. If you'd like any more information on anything in WIP, please get in touch with your usual Trevor Smith contact, or you can email pensions at traversmith.com. You can sign up on our website to be sent email alerts when we publish new briefings, and for more news and commentary, do please follow Travis Smith Pensions on LinkedIn. Thanks very much for listening.